Future.com. Okay, that was, man, that, that on was Father's Day. great. On Father's that Day. Was great. On Father's Day. This was good. This was very That good. was great. You know, so I, I, I got the text memorized now. Can you believe it? <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, hi everyone. We're 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 back here on a Thursday evening, as always, a summer evening in Germany, and I guess it's the same in Belgium. And um, today we have someone from uh, Eastern Europe, Latvia. Latvia. Andre, Andre from Enzymity. Hi, Andre. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, Matt, John. Thanks for having me. Hello, people with ears who, who listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> wonderful people. Um, Millions. It's very Millions. nice to be here. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming. So so was it a summer, summer sunny day in Latvia today as well? And is it, it was um, It was, uh, I don't think so, actually. I have I have no idea. I've, I've, I stopped tracking holidays some, some time ago. Uh, because I'm because I'm a bit lazy that way, uh, but it's uh, it's end of spring, which means 20 degrees is a nice day. And today was not a nice day, but still um, it's good for working, you know, the rain and stuff. But I'm not complaining; just 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 telling things about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a good start for every conversation. Um, yeah. But yeah, our motivation uh, at Plastic Climate Future is uh, slightly different than just talking about the weather because uh, our goal is to engage about uh, topics around plastics, climate and future from a broad range of perspectives. And uh, one of these is actually circularity. And uh, when uh, talking to you the first time and also getting to know more about your activities, I realized that you tick all the boxes uh, with being a co-founder of an innovative, future-oriented startup that enables circularity in the world of plastics. That's just fits wow. perfectly to our topic. <laughs> um, so my first question is, was that your goal since childhood or... Uh, how did you end up in this field? Can you tell us more about yourself and uh, and your journey, how you got there? Um, so I wish I was this serious as a child. Um, <laughs> in fact, I, I I I wanted to be. I think I wanted to be a train driver or engineer, as they say oh, in the cool. US. Uh, when I was little, I, I used to draw trains a lot and like trains and. Uh, uh, Freud can uh, analyze it. As, as, as they say in, in, in the great series, my mother had me tested, so it's all fine now. Um, I'm a functioning <laughs> member of the society. Um, but um, as, a, as, a, as a school student, I was uh, quite into um, chemistry, especially organic chemistry. I've I took part in various um, competitions and I almost uh, went to study chemistry. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, as it happens, I went into business and finance in the last wow. uh, almost <laughs> why, the last. Why minute. that? Why that? Like, I mean, I, I I also studied chemistry. I didn't even realize that there was a chance to do something else. <laughs> um, I think at that time I was uh, I really was into keeping my options uh, open and I was and I thought at that time again that uh, um, being having a business education would let you become anyone you want anyone in the world yeah, uh, so that was my illusion at the point where did you study um, I, I got my bachelor's at the Stockholm School of Economics in Riga oh, and okay. actually that was the reason that I went uh, to study uh, business and finance I, I got into the school otherwise I think I, I, I would have studied something else mm -hmm. so just because of the school and then uh, the masters uh, in Stockholm at the Stockholm School of Economics in Stockholm. Um, so I'm I'm boring that way, uh, but I, I never regretted it. I think uh, it was a good choice anyway. Um, but I never forgot uh, this kind of this this, this passion for atoms uh, um, has has never faded. Uh, and um, over the the years, I've been slowly going back 
into um, biochemistry and biology and biotechnology. Um, and I have a strong conviction that this is the place to be for the next decades, because this is one of the, if not the most exciting um, sectors um, for, for this century, uh, if, if I want to be grand. Um, and so plastics is, is actually just one of the most acute problems that uh, potentially can be solved with biotechnology, among uh, yeah. a, a slew of other pro uh, problems that can also find their solutions yeah. good point. in synthetic yeah. biology. So, so, so here I am. That's a good point. I mean, you know, that's a good point. If I can just say that, you know, indeed, I, I have a tendency to see the world uh, through 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 the plastics value chain, especially uh, in these type of discussions. Uh, and and uh, I think that's an excellent point that you make about, uh, uh, yeah, your interaction with the plastics value chain. Let's call it that is 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 critical and important. But but uh, pull back, and you see the application of your type uh, biotechnologies uh, to all kinds of other areas i agree with you anyway so so rather than being a, a childhood uh dream it was more a high school dream that uh drove your passion and and drove it that far that in the end although studying finance you still founded a uh, or co-founded a biotech startup which is called enzymity right Wow. Yes, and uh, I think it's definitely not the end. It's just the beginning, just getting started. And uh, as 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 I mentioned, I think there's uh, I'm convinced there's a, a huge uh, array of applications for biotech and enzymes, especially. So if we believe um, um, people like McKinsey and and um, BCG, a lot of the material economy can be replaced with with other things like you know if, if you win off with off the oil and gas and go into into the the bioeconomy it needs to run on something and it, i think it will run on enzymes because you need yeah. the reactions to run fast yeah that's 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 a very good point like uh, i think it's 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 uh, important to yeah bring this to also to to in into the heads of of uh, chemists that in the end you always need a catalyst and an enzymatic catalyst is something which is super efficient and uh non-toxic right <laughs> and uh can be tuned to to in in many different ways to actually drive all kind of uh, uh reactions and and uh speeds of reactions and effectivity right <laughs> yes, I'm not. I'm not the, the only nerd in the room. This is good to know. <laughs> hey, what, what is it? What is it? Yeah. What is it? Your. What do you do? I mean, you know, what do you do, and what is it? How does it relate to plastics? What is your tech? What is your business? What's your technology? Um, so it's called enzymatic recycling, and uh, yeah, uh, I will complicate things a bit right from the get go and say <laughs> that it's a type of chemical recycling, uh, strictly speaking. So when people distinguish the, the kind of traditional recycling, which is mechanical currently, and chemical and uh, biochemical is it's still chemical. So it's still using catalysts to, to break down plastic into um, constituent components. It's only that the catalysts and the reactions are, are different and the conditions, of course, as well. Uh, so we still tend to um, differentiate ourselves from the inorganic chemical recycling because of that. Uh, um, uh, but we are, we are as a company, we are working on uh, engineered enzymes to break down specific types of plastic mm -hmm. into something reusable, um, either as components for new plastic uh, mm -hmm. of the same quality or something that can be used in other chemical processes um, with high value added. Cool. So can we can we just break it down to the fact that it's like it's not mechanical recycling, it's chemical recycling that uses uh, not real chemicals but biochemicals. It, yeah, it basically uses organic catalysts. It uses yeah. complex proteins to to break down plastic instead of uh, uh, some simple things. Yeah, but. I can just say something. I mean, I know a little bit about when it comes to like definitions uh, here in these uh, recycling technologies. Of course, mechanical recycling, uh, we, we all can clearly grasp what that is. Uh, chemical recycling, it, 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 there's, there's all kinds of uh, 
of uh, synonyms for chemical recycling, you know, monomer recycling, uh, molecular recycling, advanced recycling. I could go on and on and on. Uh, and, and if you look at definitions of chemical recycling, um, I'm comfortable myself with, with including enzymatic type of recycling as 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 a as a part of chemical recycling for sure. Because I'm not I'm not that familiar with enzymatic recycling. Um, Me either. Yeah. But but what is what is the difference? Like why why if if someone would ask if you have the choice between I don't know inorganic chemical recycling and enzymatic chemical recycling. Why would you choose enzymatic or or what's the what are the differences and what are the advantages and, and disadvantages? But just try um, to explain it like to a five-year-old. Yeah. Uh, a five-year-old <laughs> that's, that's already had a beer. Yeah. A five-year-old, a five-year-old alcoholic. Yeah. And I have a PhD in, in, in organic chemistry. Um, so I have uh, I actually I have I, I just thought of an analogy, but I was while I was listening to the question. Um, so there's an analogy, and then maybe I will also um, elaborate a bit more. So um, you know those those things uh, in shops which are attached to clothing to clothing that to prevent shoplifting, like the yeah. plastic circles. Mm -hmm. I got uh, so that, that you can uh, get rid of. Imagine you want to get rid of this. Um, uh, <clears throat> this thing on, on a piece of garment. So you can go about it in a number of ways. You can uh, hit it with a hammer and just break it down and uh, that will solve the problem. Uh, and that's uh, inorganic chemical recycling. Or you can uh, you can take it to the to the cash register and they have the special slot, you know, where they put it and it kind of just click and, and it falls apart. So this is enzymatic recycling. Okay, so, so it's uh, but, just like softer yeah. or, or like, you mean, it's it's more, yeah, it's was, more would, precise, more precise, yeah, yeah, so it's more precise, more selective, and uh, it's also less, well, I, I can, I can say it's less violent. So there, there's there. Uh, so aggressive chemicals are usually involved in, in uh, inorganic chemical may, recycling, may I could call it that way. When you talk uh, about or inorganic chemical recycling, um, can you what what do you uh, what do you mean? What is you know? I, I, what is that? If you when I think of chemical recycling, okay, never mind uh, chemical. So chemical, we haven't got it into organic or inorganic. Never mind. But uh, I mean, uh, what do you mean by inorganic chemical recycling in this regard? If I may ask you. Uh, so it's using. Well, basically, since since I'm connected to enzymatic recycling, it's any any type of recycling that doesn't involve proteins. Okay, okay, <laughs> and doesn't involve um, um, organic molecules, and uh, it it's uh, both uh, breaking down plastic into monomers uh, okay. using uh, various reactions. Okay, uh, and also uh, turning plastic into uh, something that can then be used to extract uh, useful materials like mm -hmm. uh, um, plastic to to um, oily stuff uh, types of recycling yeah uh, so yeah. some people uh, do not i think some people don't usually include this but i think it's it's still quite close and uh, I've, I've seen startups which are working on uh, uh, valorizing this type of um, um, outcomes uh, outcomes um, outputs as well mm -hmm. um so i think it's pretty close mm -hmm. um yeah hope that <laughs> answers your question yeah and, and what type of plastics are you typically looking at i mean uh uh you, you know you have the different and are they coming are you looking at like uh plastic uh plastic containing waste streams from uh um, municipal solid waste sites or or um, where, where's uh, where where is this technology going to be applying uh, the solution? Meaning, where is it going to be getting the uh, the material it needs, and uh, what types of plastics? If I may, I'm just curious because it, it sounds like it'd really be cool. You know? um, so, what we're doing is putting a lot of emphasis on developing a set of methods to mm -hmm. optimize various enzymes for, to target specific types of plastic. Yeah. So our goal is not to uh, just take one enzyme and run with it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we are focusing more on, the, well, we call it a platform uh, or it's just a toolkit uh, mm-hmm. to go from a naturally occurring enzyme, which is usually quite mild and, and unstable to something that can be used on an industrial scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're starting with the low hanging fruits. So as a, as a proof of concept, that's uh, basically, for example, PT, that's yeah, the, okay. the yeah. relatively easy part. Um, then there are other interesting um, plastics that um, will come next, and that's uh, plastics like uh, polyurethane, uh, poly PVC, um, mm-hmm. and um, some plastics are more difficult because they have different types of chemical bonds between mm-hmm. the constituent pieces. Mm-hmm. So in that case, uh, enzymes uh, work slower or not at all. So there's still no guarantee that we'll have enzymes for all and, and every type of plastic. Uh, but our goal is to have, of course, as, as many, as much of a variety as possible. And uh, with a, this kind of portfolio or a cocktail of enzymes, uh, it's possible to extract uh, the specific types of plastic from a lot of different types of waste streams. So one of the benefits of enzymes is that they're highly selective. So they um, tend to only act on a re, um, kind of react with a specific uh, type of uh, molecule, in this case, uh, molecule chain in, in plastic in a polymer. And so it's less of an issue if the incoming waste stream is uh, has contamina- contamination in it or uh, consists of various types of plastic or other material, or if it's a, text, a piece of textile with, yeah. with uh, different things interwoven. So that's, in that in that sense, we are not really uh, we don't really view ourselves as direct competition to mechanical recycling, although it's also a, a possibility. Um, it's more about opening up uh, a new niche in 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 recycling where you can actually work on many other types of plastic waste or even kind of mixed waste, which right now um, nobody really wants to to handle. So they are being either burned. Oh, sorry, energy recovery uh, process is being applied to them, and then or or they are being landfilled. If we speak about some other countries. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me come back as the f- drunk five year old. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the comeback. So, yeah. <laughs> I had another beer and then, (laughs) (laughs) so basically what I want to understand. So if I bring some, some of these, I had, I had a beer in a PET bottle and I just bring this PET bottle to you. So basically you throw it into a cocktail of enzymes and uh, maybe the PET for the bottle is different than the PET for the cap or you have a PP cap or whatever, depending on the, on the, uh, I'm so drunk, John. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and and dependent, independent on the enzymes that you can like put the different enzymes into this I don't know, bath or cocktail out of enzymes, and then they're just gonna pick their pieces that they want, and then they're gonna yeah, um dissolve then they're gonna go home plastic <laughs> so they were done. <laughs> no, but but what comes out in the end? Like what do I get afterwards? Like so basically I as I imagine it, I throw the bottle into a cocktail and then the cocktail does its work and then something else comes out, like the monomers or uh yes, so so uh it's it's always it always works better if you um shred the bottle first. Shredding. Uh, because the higher the surface area, the the more um, yeah, yeah. more places the enzymes can actually work on the material yeah. um, and then so it's kind of a, a suspension right in a, in a liquid and then when the reaction is done uh, the plastic is degraded uh, most of it and uh, uh, you get a mix of uh, chemicals which you can then um, separate and uh, so for example in the case of PT that would be terephthalic acid and ethylene glycol um, and uh, those are the things that are used to make uh, PET. Uh, so they can be used, they can be purified and used on par with fossil fuel-based um, terephthalic acid and ethylene glycol to make uh, new PET, which is of the same uh, quality as the one you started with in the first place, which is one of the big uh, advantages of, of any chemical recycling. So if you break something down, then reconstitute it on a, on a chemical level, instead of just kind of melting it down and, and uh, remelting it into something new, 
you you circumvent this problem of um, slowly degrading quality and the limited number of loops that you can actually do with with mechanical recycling. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You could theoretically, also tune these or or program those enzymes in such a way that they could I don't know even process the ethylene glycol into something of a higher value or even a different type of uh, educt. Uh, yeah, the possibilities are basically endless. Um, so theoretically, a lot of things, well, most of the things can be done with, with the help of um, enzymes. Um, right now, we're focusing on, on breaking down the polymer chains because this is the, the nasty part. So I'm, uh, so I'm going to go on record and say that plastics are awesome. <laughs> so they're so awesome. Because of all their advantages, uh, it's also really difficult to deal with them when their life cycle, uh, when their mm -hmm. lifeline is over, because it's still not not really a cycle, according to the statistics. Um, just just above uh, fifteen percent of the collected waste, plastic waste in Europe, is is actually being recycled into something new, mm -hmm. and that's in the most advanced region in the world. Uh, so plastics are so good that it's really hard to get rid of them. And that's what we're focusing on. And then when you get the when you get them to turn into chemicals, you can there's a, a lot of things you can you can do with that. It's it's uh, well, arguably it's it's easier. Um, and uh, yeah, you can you can keep um, up upcycling uh, the chemicals. But the ones that you get from directly from the reaction are already a big step forward um, in, in the right direction, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, this this is incredibly fascinating to, to listen to this. What you're what you're talking about, um, and I, I see uh, you know a lot of similar uh, kind of challenges that you're uh, that 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 you uh, in your developments with your technologies and you're fitting it into the uh, in this case the plastics plastics waste uh, value chain, etc. Uh, are are similar to to other uh entities that are developing technologies to address the problem of plastic waste you know uh, a lot of the similarities uh their uh, commonality you know i mean i think one of the things that that you brought up that i think maybe one of the uh one of the real key uh advantages uh, that you as far as uh, what you, what your types of technologies can feel that other chemical recycling technologies may not be able to fill. Never mind mechanicals. That's that's totally on on the side here. It is is uh, you said something about your ability to to take a, a plastic waste uh, stream or a waste stream containing plastic, and not not having to worry too much of all about contamination that that with other types of technologies may have to worry about. I'm embellishing a little bit on what you said, but that's what I gathered. Um, it, I think that that may be an interesting thing because, you know, uh, if you take plastic or waste streams containing plastic uh, here in Europe, anywhere in Europe, we're, we're the, the best in the world as far as sorting it out already, right? Uh, but it's still very dirty, very messy. I mean, you know, waste is waste. At a certain point, I think Europe is is the least worst in the world in terms of plastic. Yeah, recycling. yeah, yeah. And and uh, but if you say if you want if you you want to take that that stream and want to val you know turn it into something valuable again, uh, then then uh, the steps if you if you if you can bring a technology that is able to as early as possible in the waste management steps to to, to uh, that you can capture that and then process it back to uh, monomers, other chemicals, whatever you're doing, uh, then that that's really valuable. You know, whereas if you say, no, okay, we can do this, but you, first you got to take that plastic bottle, you got to wash it and clean it and make sure it's really, really perfect because we put in our process and if it's not, it's going to not work. I mean, you know, all the pre-treatment that, that, that takes place between waste and then feedstock uh, is can be a uh, 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 cost factors, right? I mean, how do you, uh, when you look to uh, the, the market today, I mean, I know of a company called Carbios. Uh, right. Um, um, how, how, I mean, it, how does how the work that you're doing with Enzyme, I mean, that company Enzyme. you have, yeah. uh, um, um, how does, I mean, are, are, uh, are you, are you 
that you obviously you're not the same. You have differences, but you know, I'm just curious. How do you, you know, how do you put yourself out there? Never mind other types of chemical recycling technologies, other side types of uh, enzymatic recycling technologies. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's another um, take in the <clears throat> in the box of changing the name of the company later on. So a lot of people have. Uh, have some, some some troubles. It's it's enzymity. It's 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 supposed to be a combination of enzymes and affinity. But I I do realize that when it's spelled out, it's not. You can do it in several ways. Uh, that was an aside. Uh, but uh, and but more to the point. Um, well, first and and a very primitive thought is that I think the more people and organizations are added, the better. So there should be a competitive market. Of, of startups and scale-ups and companies um, solving this problem. Uh, but even more to the point, um, what we are doing is um, uh, focusing on the process of improving the enzymes, and then we'll uh, seek scaling up and commercialization through um, industrial partnerships. So we try to stay a technology company and leave capital deployment to, to the organizations uh, which have plenty of it uh, um, to, to play around with. Uh, so the platform that we're working on is basically an enzyme selection platform. So it has two uh, pieces, the digital part and the um, um, physical or in vitro part. And uh, we're trying to do as much as possible um, in the digital part, basically um, wading through all the endless uh, possible variants um, in the protein space and seeking out uh, the best possible candidates, which then can be synthesized using um, um, synthetic biology methods and uh, actually tested in the lab. And if you run this iteratively, you get a process um, of, of um, gradual but continuous improvement in the quality, in the qualities of the enzyme, in the speed of the reaction, in its stability, um, etc. Um, and uh, yes, so uh, ideally we would love to have everything in silico, but so far physical reality has this annoying property that it's it's impossible to simulate it to on, on a on a needed scale to to find enough precision to have everything done um, um, in a in compute. Uh, if that ever becomes possible, that will be um, that will be um, an exponential another exponential explosion for synthetic biology. But so far, you will still need to do things in the lab and uh, in the foreseeable future that will stay so. Uh, and the thing that I didn't mention is that we're making this process. Um, um, non-specific, so we want it to be transferable to various types of enzymes for various applications. And uh, we're starting with plastic again because we think that this is one of the most pressing problems to solve. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can also, there are enzymes that uh, participate in all kinds of reactions. Uh, even if we stay with polymers, but we look at uh, natural polymers like, like cellulose. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of uh, waste coming out of the wood industry and the yeah. agricultural industry. Yeah. And that's uh, in a lot of cases that's just being burned mm -hmm. plainly. And you can do, potentially you can do a lot of things with this waste. You can you can call it a valuable raw material for various uh, um, material applications if you have the right uh, methods to break it down into something um, workable. Um, and so that's that's another potential application example for um, for this platform. Well, that sounds that sounds wonderful. And uh, now that the five year old is sobering up slowly, um, and I'm coming from the space of circularity, I think this this sounds like uh, uh, like I mean the the ultimate goal is to close the loop. And with this platform, I mean focusing on, on recycling but also now focusing on on the different waste streams that, that you can uh, um, valorize um, using those enzymes um, do you see like from your perspective now if it's possible to be scaled up do you see the potential to have this fully circular value chain let's say first starting with the plastics but then in the end 
you know, in this ecosystem that you just described, you could actually, you know, connect different uh, material streams and 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 uh, use the waste and turn it into a valuable input for some 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 other industry, and in the end, uh, have this whole power of of these biocatalysts, I would say, to to transform materials at uh, different different levels of of uh, yeah value chains or or different different levels of material streams from different industries um, absolutely that's that's the that's the dream so uh, uh to the best of my knowledge there are no um theoretical limits to to how circular uh, we can make the economy so it's not like uh, you know uh, going faster than the speed of light or, or violating causality or something like that and uh, so I'm convinced it is possible, and I'm also convinced that uh, uh, it's a puzzle that will need to um, um, that will need a lot of pieces to to fall into the right place to to become a reality. So, using the 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 popular um, um, the popular trinity of reduce, reuse, recycle, we're gonna need to do a lot of all of those to to get there. We need to both um, use less design around plastics in products. Uh, we need to uh, be able to make products more durable um, and uh, also change the habits of, of, of ourselves as consumers. Um, and of course, we'll need to improve recycling for everything that uh, remains. Um, and when we zoom into recycling, um, I think all the um, all the directions that are being explored right now, together with the existing mechanical recycling, I, I think all of them have um, uh, uh, their place in this ecosystem. So they all have their weaknesses and and, and uh, strengths. Uh, so mechanical recycling is uh, has a long history. It's really efficient with the waste streams that are suitable for it. So I'm. I don't think it's gonna go somewhere, even when uh, uh, chemical recycling is mature. Uh, and uh, hopefully, so I mean, uh, one should hope that we're gonna be sorting even better, and and so the waste streams are only gonna get better, not worse. Um, and the products are gonna be designed in such a way that they'll be more sortable or more separatable, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe more homogeneous in terms of materials. Um, the chemical chemical recycling has obvious benefits which we already touched upon uh, the, the biggest one being uh, this uh, um, re chemical reconstitution uh, afterwards which means that the quality uh, of the of the next generation of plastic is the same as the initial fossil fuel based plastic and uh, enzymes have an additional um, um, advantage of selectivity and biocompatibility uh, which is also a nice thing to have in, in your industrial process. Uh, but then the chemical recycling is uh, tends to use uh, aggressive things and, and aggressive conditions in the processes. And it's still also not, not, not mature. Uh, the same uh, should be said about enzymatic recycling. Uh, and the biggest, I think the biggest uh, um, disadvantage of, of enzymes is that they're um, big uh, complex organic molecules that uh, are much less stable than simple inorganic molecules and so they tend to break down if they don't like the conditions even if it's uh, just uh, several degrees above their kind of tolerance range mm -hmm. um, they also tend to be much slower as catalysts so uh, one needs to first make them more act faster and that's exactly what we are doing uh, so that's the main uh, cost driver uh, for the enzymatic process um, and in the end when you when you sum this all up all the methods have uh, have a place under the sun uh, inside the recycling part of this bigger picture where we need to do all kinds of things around it and um, before it and after it to make sure that uh, we are moving towards this this um, this goal of fully circular full circularity both in plastics and other materials as well 
I think John touched also upon this, like the, the, the cost driver. And now if we if we leave now our chemical nerdy space here and <laughs> look at it from also from your background, like the financial background that you have, uh, what do you think is, is like the biggest challenge at the moment in terms of costs when you think about scaling or where do you see challenges for you know real industrial uptake also of your technology but in general maybe enzymatic recycling um so i think the challenges are uh, quite similar to almost any emerging technology so it's it's uh, working with the industry with the industry to uh, make sure that the the new process is uh, um, economically competitive or at least makes sense in the short term. Maybe it's more expensive, but it provides other benefits that overshadow the higher price until you get into um, to, um, sufficient scale to have it uh, um, cost competitive. Uh, and also all the capital investment that will have to take place in order to deploy all this, uh, uh, these processes on, on a, on a, on a um, significant scale. Again, I mean, if, we, if, if one wants to make an impact in the plastic recycling market, uh, one needs to think in millions of tons and not like hundreds of tons. So that's going to be a, a huge capacity that needs to be uh, deployed in various regions, not only Europe. And probably Europe would not even be the, the, the most important market for this um, going forward. Uh, so that's definitely that definitely needs to happen. Uh, but on a wider, in a, in a bigger picture, um, I I don't think that there's um, there are some gaping holes in let's say for example in in funding or in um, government uh, stance or support for this type, these types of technologies. Um, there's plenty of, of, of uh, venture capital and other sorts of uh, um, financing around. Uh, and more of it is, if you if you believe this has more of it is, is uh, going into clean tech and biotech all the time. And the government is, is taking real steps to help all those sectors along. Uh, what I think is the biggest um, um, enabling factor and driver in this is uh, the people, uh, especially the kind of the we'll call them founders or teams uh, with um, with the mindset that's required and with the risk appetite that's required and with the background and knowledge that's required to move those things forward. Uh, so I think that's the the biggest thing that that uh, that needs to grow in order to have more of this uh, being deployed. And as I mentioned earlier. I think the more uh, people, uh, more people working on on this problem and on other big problems, is just makes it better. And uh, it's 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 kind of nice to be. Uh, it feels good to be in this space as a startup, uh, even if, when you hear some some um, uh, news from competitors of them uh, getting funded or you know uh, making a big step forward you are you still feel happy uh, um, for them as well but also for the entire market because that yeah. means that what you're working on is moving forward as as a as an entire thing yeah yeah but if you may have i just i have, have, have a couple of quick things points and then i'll i'll I'll, uh, I'll get quiet again here but uh just a few things that i, I observe here that you've been talking about together uh, uh with matt uh, is is few things here number one uh, um, i alluded to it earlier on that that you uh i see uh from your website that you have some 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 uh funding from european project european projects uh some 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 connection to to eu funding through uh through uh through what i see on your website uh i think that's really cool it's another example uh in my opinion uh, of 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 and, and this is a case of actually a really good decision on the part of, of, of the EU to, to put funding into uh, technologies and, and you know uh, ideas that can be developed to solve problems to 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 uh, to, to actually truly develop a European circular economy uh, and and we, we talk uh, we can count probably 20 or 30 times uh, you know the, the, the some 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 derivation of, of circle, 
use today in our conversation. We, you know, circularity, circles, circles, circles. We talk about that a lot in, 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 the, in the domains that, that we are all running in, you know, but uh, I, I like also this idea of, of, of what, we're, what we're doing here, what you're trying to do, what, what this whole effort by all of us is, 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 is really about taking circularity, turning it from a consultant buzzword uh, into a reality uh, and this is how you do it. I mean, this is the hard slog of how you do it. Yeah. And so I, I'm inspired by that. And then one last thing I'll say is, is also I couldn't agree more uh, that that it is going it, it it is a mix of solutions to solve the problem. Uh, I I mean I, I hear the phrase uh, silver bullet more times than I care to repeat. Uh, I've used it myself on occasion, but. But uh, it, uh, I, one of the conclusions I come uh, away with over the past year of, or so is like, indeed, there are no silver bullets. It's 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 going to be this comprehensive mix, and that's really actually kind of cool. Uh, and and uh, you know, it, the industry of, of chemical recycling that that, that I, I can sense that you are uh, with enzymatic recycling wanting to be and saying you're a part of this. Uh, I, I can I can buy into that, you know. Um, um, this this is a an industry that is 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 really um, just just really emerging uh, in a certain way, uh, and and um, we, we simultaneously we are saying where is the capacity? Where is the capacity? Because you're right there too. I mean, there's going to be so much need for capacity. It's good to be wanted and needed. Uh, I, I would say to that that point, but yes, it needs to be there. Uh, what's also really good and really so cool about the industry that you are a part of in chemical recycling is is is, is the fact that you have technologies at all different TRLs. What an innovation workshop this is! Uh, uh, this industry that 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 you are a part of developing. So okay. I had to say that. I'm sorry. I'm going to go quiet again. We'll probably add a lot of that out, but I just wanted to no, say. No, I, I I like it. I, I think this is this is a good summary. Like this is first of all, we need to to have a view and an interdisciplinary view, as you just said, and and we should not see those new technologies and innovations in in their boxes and niches or competition, but rather how do we actually connect those different um those different technologies innovations and so on in order to have an exponential scale up rather than incremental steps in each of these boxes so i think that's 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 what i also that why i came back to this to this platform thing with what you mentioned andre that that you have this platform which is now doing actually chemical recycle uh, recy focusing on recycling of you know first low-hanging fruit plastics but then you can think of even further how you can close different value chains of different materials and then actually bring them together like taking a cellulose based waste stream and turning it into a plastic uh plastic material that can be then uh, a a uh, an input for the plastics industry which is which is just like a completely new thing because those industry operate separately from each other in so many cases um yeah but I, I think just to come to the end i just have one last question before we come to our favorite question um <laughs> <laughs> the last question is actually about latvia because i think it's 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 uh especially from 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 my experience uh, i know many people don't even know what that there is a difference between latvia and lithuania <laughs> and uh <laughs> um but i've 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 had the experience and already long ago that there was always like innovation innovation in I think started with internet access and stuff and and that also scientific innovations that this was quite a big thing in 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 Latvia always and the, you've always been a country of at, at the forefront of of any type of innovations like is that true is this like something that you can confirm uh being a founder of a company there or um or what 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 do you think is 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 uh, really pushing or driving these type of innovative culture if it is um, first of all yeah that's totally true what you said about the 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 confusing name so i always have to check myself that i'm in the right country at any given time <laughs> and just for the for the germans 
listening to the podcast, uh, Latvia is Lettland and Lithuania is Litauen. And for the French <laughs> listening to this podcast, that's uh, Lettonie and Lithuania. I know it's annoying. They are the same size, not like Sweden and Switzerland or Austria and Australia. And they are smack <laughs> close to each other. So yeah, yeah and, we get a lot of it. And, um, and to you Americans listening, Latvia, it's somewhere in Texas. It's a country. Yes, it's already a country. It's been like that for a while. Um, uh, we enjoy it a lot. It's nice being a country, I think. Um, so, um, uh, right. The question was about Latvia. So, um, it's like hard to be object, objective from from the inside, um, you know. But I've spent quite a, quite a uh, um, quite a few years um, outside of the Baltics as well, um, and and then I came back. So I will try to be more objective than subjective. Um, uh, so it really seems that the region um, as a whole, the three countries. There's also Estonia, right? So Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. They've come a long way in those 30 uh, something years, uh, no, 20, 29, sorry, um, actually years uh, since the independence. Um, there's been a fantastic development and, and convergence. Uh, I don't think we're there yet, so we're not quite, um, um, you know, the Netherlands or, or um, someone else, but we're getting there and this is the goal. And uh, there's a lot of things going on and uh, uh, there's this this uh, phrase called the mid medium-sized country trap. I think so. Mm -hmm. When your um, so when your when your country is big enough to have a, a significant um, home market for for goods and services, uh, it actually can be difficult for startups to um, to find their way um, because they they get lost in this dichotomy of of starting at home or starting abroad. Mm -hmm. um, in the case of a small country, um, it's there's no questions. You need to think big. You need to go global right from the start because there's no market in, inside the country or inside this little region of the Baltics. Uh, so I think that's a big uh, conceptual plus. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, it really helps that the country and the countries are. So I will be speaking actually about all three countries because I mean we're quite different, uh, even though it's hard to believe. But we're also. In many respects, we're very similar in in terms of being connected. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, as as parts of Europe, and uh, uh, for those uh, outside the European Union watching, we've been part of the Union for quite a while um, already. Um, so we get that, those questions as well, and it's totally understandable. Um, uh, so connectedness and uh, and state policy support all the support that the startup ecosystem is getting, and that the uh, academic and scientific communities are getting, I think they are um, really good. Uh, so I wouldn't say they're amazing, but they're really good. And uh, um, I can really feel like every if you if you um, go away from the Baltics and, and go back every five years, you'll see uh, the country is growing in, in stop motion quite a bit. Um, so. To answer your question, uh, yes, there's a lot going on. I think there's an outsized market uh, of like ecosystem of startups, especially digital ones. But the the uh, hardware and deep tech startups are also starting to um, um, get a boost. And uh, actually, this is one of the uh, it's the second hat that I'm wearing is is a co-creator of the Biocatalyst uh, Foundation, which has mm -hmm. no relation to intimacy. is It's more of a metaphor for helping the ecosystem grow, so kind of catalyzing this uh, reaction. Um, and it, it actually came before intimacy, and it was an idea to help the specifically the biotechnology um, sector and community and synthetic biology community in the Baltic states to um, to develop. Uh, on par with the best examples from uh, from the Nordics, from from the from Western Europe, etc., from the US, um, and uh, yeah, there's there's still a lot of um, there's still a lot of things to do. But uh, um, even in those four-ish years of our existence as as the as, as an NGO, 
uh, we've already been uh, able to do a lot, uh, and also thanks to a lot of to support from the local, from the universities, from the from the government, from the government agencies. Um, so it's nice to see that most people actually are on the same page with regards to uh, the importance of 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 innovation and and growing in in uh, um, knowledge intensive industries and not just being like a wood exporting countries. Mm -hmm. Well, great. I am, I'm just wondering if everyone in the, uh, in the three countries is as, as enthusiastic, motivated, dynamic as uh, like you are. <laughs> um, I think the best way like, to find out like. is to speak to more people from the Baltics. You will yeah, be surprised. So, um, so we will be. Sure. Yeah. Like this is, this is, I think, the next step. We we need to get more uh, more of uh, these innovators on our podcast. Um, yeah, I, because the time is running, so um, we have one final question that we always ask every guest, and this is kind of like our always favorite question. It's about our plastic climate future playlist, and uh, we need uh, yeah one or two songs for the playlist. If you have some um that we can add based on on our yeah, discussion yeah. something that's uh that you can connect to what you're doing or also just a song that you just like we love music man share something um as a matter of fact uh, i do have um, a couple of tunes and um, i think they they tick both boxes um so i've been uh, into I've been kind of uh, nostalgic about the 90s music uh, over the last years. So I've been listening to a lot of uh, synthwave and, and similar stuff. Um, also kind of original 90s music and 90s music, but also the new uh, wave of, of nostalgia uh, for the for the synths and for the cassette, etc. Mm -hmm. So the couple of um, uh, items that I have for you are specifically from, from that, uh, um, well, also ecosystem actually the musical <laughs> ecosystem uh, so one is called synthetic by the midnight and the yeah. other is called the clock ticks on by let's talk okay what is so cool these are so cool names and i never heard of either one so i am <laughs> going to expand my horizons musically thank you thank you I've, i i only know the second one I, I don't know synthetic by the midnight but that's that's interesting well wow. definitely great nice. um <laughs> it's good also that that we can expand our horizons uh absolutely on the chemical nerdy space but also in in terms of culture john absolutely finally, we're learning we got some culture um, Latvia. <laughs> it's not in texas people it's actually in europe and europe if you're in america you look down at the map Look at the big body of water on the right. Keep going. Turn There's around. Uh, you're, you're looking upside down. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just kidding. Okay. <laughs>